1: Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life.
2: Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you on Super Talk Radio. And Bubba, i got to admit something, just a full confession here as we start the show today. I have been bruised psychologically over the last couple of days by one particular incident. Okay. So I'm in a local restaurant and a guy approaches me that I didn't know previously. Mm-hmm. And he walks up to me and he said, are you Greg Cooley? And I you said, said, I don't know. That yeah, depends. Yeah, what, what's the answer <laughs> yeah. supposed to be yeah. here? Are you, are you packing heat? Mm-hmm. What, what's the deal? And he said, "I listened to the advisors roundtable." I said, "Well, all that that's great." And he mm-hmm. told me, he said, "Complimentary things and I, I mean, boosting my ego." Yeah. And, and he, he learns things and he likes it and he's uh, appreciative that it's available, you know, uh, mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. and and he can he can get it with podcasts and blah blah blah. All that sounded good. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Yeah." He here says, comes the butt. Yeah, here comes <laughs> the butt. He said, "But." He said, one of the reasons I like your show so much is I don't have to go to see my financial advisors because going to see a financial advisor or financial planner is like going to the urologist to me. Mm, okay. Can you see how that would hurt? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? You've been to yeah. a urologist before, yeah, right? Uh-huh, right. Huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, You know the experience. Yeah, yeah. And we men, you know, we want to act like we're all tough. And everything. <laughs> but you can make a man cry when you tell him he needs to go see the urologist. Yeah, there's a, a scene, I
0: think, in uh, The Sopranos when Tony Soprano says, I don't let, even let people wag a finger
2: in my face. <laughs> you know, yeah. There you uh-huh. go. Yeah, because it's not a fun experience. No. So what was this guy telling me? that Going to see, now, granted, his financial advisor, it, it's not us. You, right, we're not his financial advisor mm-hmm. presently, but he, the way he was talking, I thought maybe I, you know, I can actually get him mm-hmm. as a client if he perceives that. But do you think a lot of people think that that going to a financial advisor, a financial planner, going to see their accountant yearly, talking about their will to their attorney is like mm-hmm. going to the neurologist? I, I almost think it's like a
0: phobia. That, mm-hmm. that individuals have okay. um you know maybe they had a, a terrible experience at a dentist uh <laughs> years ago and that you know that's what comes to my mind immediately right canal. yeah Ooh. um but uh one one particular story uh and this is a dear dear friend of mine mm-hmm. uh who was talking about uh, to her mother about going to the dentist the next day mm-hmm. and her mother said well you know why don't you just take yourself a valium before you go Mm-hmm. Uh, and this lady said, uh, Well, you know, I, I would, but these these volumes, they're very addictive. Mm-hmm. To which her mother told her, They're not addictive. I've been taking them for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
1: It's all how you look at it's it. It's all in
0: how you look at it, right? <laughs> but there is a phobia that people have mm-hmm. about um, going particular places, mm-hmm. whether it be an accountant, a financial advisor, an
2: attorney, a dentist, a doctor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but this guy was graphic. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't say like you know, going to see my financial advisor is like going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said it was like going to the urologist. That's very specific. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that was almost insulting for the the profession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not insulting urologists, but urologists are what they are, mm-hmm. and you know, you you can only make it so gentle. Yeah. The the has got to. Be done. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, then somebody likens it to that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess when I was walking away from it and I was thinking about it, I thought, you know the the guy probably hasn't had good experiences mm-hmm. at either, or both of them make him feel uncomfortable,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or it's just something he doesn't want to do. Or yeah, or I was going to say, is
0: it one of his own prejudices, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That he's all already got a bad attitude about going before he goes, yeah. and then he's already, you know, kind of uh, on edge, so to speak. Yeah. And the slightest little thing could tip you off. I, I don't know.
2: So, what are some of the things that you think most American adults should do? But they don't want to. You don't want to go to the doctor. You don't Mm want to get naked. You don't want to sit up there on the butcher paper. You don't want to tell him the truth about, you know, do you get lightheaded when you stand up? And, Mm -hmm. you know, how does it feel when that happens? You don't want to have the urologist do that. What are the things that we should do? We just don't want to. Wearing sunscreen
0: It's probably a big one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wear a big hat when I'm out in the sun. Usually, mm-hmm. um, to keep from having to do the sunscreen, right? Thing. And you long just sleeve don't shirts. Like the feel I don't like sunscreen, mm-hmm. so I've learned to adapt and adjust. Mm-hmm. And I wear long sleeve swim shirts and big hats and all that kind of stuff. Right now, if I'm going to be out all day, I will put on sunscreen yeah. begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Paying taxes. Ooh. Nobody wants to pay taxes, but that's something that you should do. Ooh.
2: And quite actually you're gonna have to. Mm-hmm. And I found out this morning eighty seven thousand new IRS agents mm-hmm. are going to be hired yeah. if this latest bill goes through Congress. Mm-hmm. Eighty seven thousand. Now just wrap your your mind around that. Right. We already have a couple hundred thousand IRS mm-hmm. employees. Yeah. You throw in another eighty seven thousand, mm-hmm. woo. Exactly.
0: What's the chance for an audit? Now, where are the, where are the bulk of those going to be employed, though? They haven't t- told to me, Yeah. that almost says, well, you know, if, if I'm looking for a good job, you know, mm-hmm. a good government job yeah. at that, Yeah. you know, maybe yeah. I, uh, and yeah. I've got any kind of accounting or, or business background at all, maybe I become an IRS agent.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'd look pretty good with a badge and a gun, I think. <laughs> yeah. A little authority. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wear the t shirt with IRS on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know what's going to happen when you when you go into the restaurant, mm-hmm. well that people are going to avoid you. Be like a, you know, quail. Well, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> if they had any tomatoes on their plate, they
0: throw gonna, them at me. They're going to run yeah.
2: away because mm-hmm. people don't want to pay taxes, right? But we have to. hmm In in certain cases, now people don't want to pay
0: taxes, but they enjoy all the benefits those taxes provide. Oh. Roads, bridges, Mm -hmm. military, all that sort of stuff. Police, firemen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Yeah. prisons, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now there there could be an argument to say, well, I I don't I don't agree with the way the taxes are being spent Uh on a federal level. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and 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 Mm -hmm. I've heard that a lot, but you know, then I follow that up. Will how do you vote? Mm -hmm. Do you vote? Did you vote last time? Have you ever uh, sent an email to your Mm -hmm. elected official? Mm -hmm. Well. No. Well, if you want to have some say there, then you know maybe you tell them what you think, what your sure. opinion mm-hmm. is there. So one of the things we should be doing that many of us aren't is giving, mm-hmm. giving money oh, uh, to charities, churches, foundations, whatever. We're going to talk about that today, Mm -hmm. and hopefully you don't see that as one of those things that's just really negative and you have a prejudice against it. We're going to talk about ways to do it and some of the really cool options that are available to you when you give and practice philanthropy here on the Advisors' Roundtable. Thanks for coming back to the Advisors' Roundtable. We thank you for joining us here. Cooley and Labus, Certified Financial Planners here on Super Talk Radio. And we're talking about uh, Giving. Uh, I, I had a conversation with a couple uh, college uh, young men this last week. Uh, had them uh, helping me do some things while I moved my my daughter into her apartment, and um, I, they were they were talking to me uh, about financial uh things and financial advice and one of them said Mr. Cooley you know just quickly tell me two or three things I need to do Uh, he was a senior in college before you know when I get my job with my money and I said really three quick things number one don't spend more than you make Mm -hmm. and number two always save a little bit of every dollar and number three always give a little bit of every Mm -hmm. dollar now, if you make everything and all the technical stuff work into that, right? because you know, if you save a little bit of money, then over time, you're going to have to invest some of mm-hmm. it or learn to invest some of it. And uh, you know, if you live within your means, that means you're going to have to have developed a budget and you understand mm-hmm. what your expenses are and, and try not to have too much debt. So just generally speaking, those three things. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's take the last one. Give a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, I think tradition tells us we ought to give five to 10%, right? Yep. Where'd you first learn that?
0: Uh, probably Sunday school years ago.
2: Really? Yeah. yeah. Did it make sense to you when you were a kid that you ought to do that? Or that, that sounds stupid to you? Like, like, I think I I it probably it sounded
0: pretty silly to me. Yeah. 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 Why would I do that? I worked hard for that. You know, or, or that's mine. That's something that belongs to me. Yeah. Yeah. You think many of us feel that way? I think a number of folks feel
2: that way. We must. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, other than the mega, mega wealthy people Mm -hmm. and certain pockets of America, and believe it or not, uh, in the southeastern United States, where we, uh, you know, traditionally are Mm -hmm. told that we're last in education and we're last in per capita income Mm -hmm. and all these things... Um, we lead the country yeah. in per capita giving. That's right. Which is a great part of our tradition, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But a lot of people in the rest of the country give nothing mm-hmm. as a percentage of their That's right. income. So when you were a kid and you thought that sounded a little strange, and a mm-hmm. little crazy, but as you, as you got older and you had some life experience, do you realize there were some people who weren't as fortunate as you? Absolutely. Hmm? Mhm. Some people born with issues and disabilities yeah. and challenges, yeah. right? Mhm. Shouldn't we help them? I I would think so. Yeah.
0: Now, do you help them to a degree that you give handouts uh-uh. or do you help them to the degree that you, uh, you know, teach a man to fish, so to speak? Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think those are really great questions mm-hmm. that you need to ask of any entity that you're going to give to. Right. You know, are we helping when it all the way till it hurts mm-hmm. them? Yeah. Or are we helping where we're helping mm-hmm. people? Now, there are some people who can't do for themselves. That's right. They, they can't, they've had, uh, accidents. They were born that way, wh- whatever issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we as a society want to help those people. Right. And as, as you grew and you realized this and it became m- more apparent why mm-hmm. people give. Yeah. I think another reason that we're supposed to give is because it teaches us to, um, maybe live on less. It does yeah by default, it has to mm-hmm. the math, yeah right you know if Daddy Warbucks over there is a hundred percent of what he makes and he keeps it all for himself, then he has a hundred percent to spend mm-hmm. but if you give ninety or or you give ten percent of your right. money away, then you can only live on ninety percent of what you make, and so Im- implicitly implicitly does that make you do it it forces you to budget uh, yeah. And it forces you to be discriminatory when it comes to your spending. That's right. You know, you're just not willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, some of the ways that you can give, it seems pretty obvious, you just write a check. Mm-hmm. Write a check to whom? Let's or, say you're, you're listening to us. Or you, you dole out cash, mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm. Those are ways to give. Or to whom? Um, How do you make a
2: decision about who you give to?
0: You name it. So, um, you know, I, I guess in this part of the world, many people go to church, mm-hmm. right? Many mm-hmm. people don't go mm-hmm. to church. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever uh, kind of tugs at your heartstrings, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got a, um, an affinity for uh, cancer research, mm-hmm. you know, there are places to give there. Mm-hmm. If you've got, um, you know, a desire in your heart to uh, to help out with uh, the Humane Society, mm-hmm. Um, underprivileged youth, Mm -hmm. right? Homeless youth, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Elderly. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? whatever kind of floats your boat or you think you want to help with, there's a way to help.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. And there are and have always been Mm -hmm. some charlatans out there. That's right. Some people that, you know, come through and they sound good and Mm -hmm. maybe they uh, talk you out of a few bucks. But most of the time, you can find out whether the places you think you want right. to give to are actually legit. Right. Now, let,
0: let me say this too about the charlatans, because I, I think you bring up a really good point. And this is, this has kind of been my opinion about it. Um, you know, o- over my lifetime, and I'm sure, you and Phil as well, have had individuals come up and ask for handouts, ask for money, say that they're Mm -hmm. hard up for cash Mm -hmm. and they want it as a loan. They're Mm going to pay you back. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's an acquaintance that you've got. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So my opinion of that is is this. Uh, If you're going to make a donation or a loan to a family member, friend, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. don't ever expect to get it back. (laughs) There you go. And if you go into it with that perception, right, if you get it back, it's gravy, right? <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't have been given the money to, to begin with, mm, right? Yeah. Um, so with that, don't ever expect to get that money back. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say when the charlatans come around, right, mm-hmm. and maybe you've been rooked, maybe you've been had a little bit, maybe you've given $20 to somebody and then you see them get in a Mercedes Benz <laughs> and drive off, Right. right. There are some people that make a living out of panhandling, mm, I right? Um, so, I, you know, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Right. Um, but I would, I would put it this way. If they can live with it, I can live
2: without it. Yeah. yeah. You felt like you were doing the right mm-hmm. thing. And uh, your point of getting my mind right mm-hmm. about not getting the money back from what you give to your brother-in-law or whatever yeah. uh, really helps. Later on, mm-hmm. because when you when you're expecting it, when you think you're going to get it back, when you have yourself set up uh, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe be let down. Sure. Uh, if you just start out by thinking, as you said, if it comes back. It's gravy. Mm-hmm. It helps with the attitude. Sure. Right. hmm. Now, when, uh, when we're giving... It
0: allows you to have that Thanksgiving dinner without any uh, <laughs> angst. Maybe a little
2: less angst. A little less yeah. angst, right, right. Uh, now, if you're going to a legitimate business mm-hmm. where there are assets bought, and you know you made an agreement about mm-hmm. you're supposed to get a certain amount of return on your mm-hmm. money, uh, uh, that you better get that in writing. That's right. But if it's it's just somebody who says, "Hey, man, I need twenty dollars to make it to the next payday," mm-hmm. uh, you, you probably just say, think, "Well, that, that was twenty dollars of my offering to the world, right?" Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so. <clears throat> I'm thinking about various ways that um, are available to Americans to give based on our tax code. Mm -hmm. Now, we covered a couple already. Yeah, you can give cash, you can write a check. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, do do the uh, entities that you give uh, to, do they have endowments or foundations? They do. All right, so explain a little bit about what an endowment or a foundation is. Let's say at your school or at your church.
0: Let's, uh, let's first talk about the way that these entities run or operate. I'm going to use a church because mm-hmm. I think most people are, are kind of familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, with any church, you've got to consider that that's a business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a non not-for-profit business, et cetera, et cetera, but it's still a business, mm-hmm. right? And they've mm-hmm. got expenses associated with that business. Right. They've got salaries that they have to pay. They've got insurances that they have to pay. They've got, um, you know, overhead for electricity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, water, power, all that kind of maintenance and upkeep mm-hmm. of, of facilities, uh, maybe purchasing facilities, et cetera, et cetera, that might be cooked into the, to the budget. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the operating expenses of that entity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and generally speaking, when people give money to those entities, that's where the money goes, mm-hmm. It goes to pay for salaries and upkeep and maintenance and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, there are, though, uh, things called endowments. Mm-hmm. So what is an endowment? Mm-hmm. Think of an endowment as a uh, just a pool of money that's designed to kick off an income for special projects. Okay. All right? So uh, with our church in particular and a number of others uh, all throughout the state, uh, they may have an endowment fund mm-hmm. and you can give to the endowment fund. You can give to uh, the regular entity. You can give to both. Okay. Right. All right. What does that endowment fund do? Right. Well, it's designed to build and grow over time and then have the investments kick off dividends okay. over a period of time to help offset either, uh, uh you know, expenses associated with the regular operations, mm-hmm. or again, special uh,
2: special needs that they've got, or, right. or goals, or, or whatever. And, and you know that brings up a lot of interesting points. And I mm-hmm. think what we're going to do is go into the break, and we're going to come back and really take apart this endowment thought. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you're driving down the road and you're like, "Hey, my entity needs one of those," or mm-hmm. that sounds intriguing, maybe we'll answer your questions here from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Thanks a lot for coming back to the Advisors Roundtable here on. Super Talk Radio, certified financial planners, Bubba Lovis and Greg Cooley with you. And so, but we we're talking about this endowment idea. So let's say that you have a charity, a community charity, a church, a synagogue what, that you're involved in, all right? And most of the time, the people who give to this entity are really giving to keep the lights on, mm-hmm. to keep the people paid, to keep the ministry or whatever you're doing ongoing. But then there's this idea of. An endowment, like a separate account Mm -hmm. that this entity can have, for what purpose? Uh,
0: So I I think a better word to describe an endowment uh, would be like a trust fund. Okay. I think a lot of people may have heard of that term and, and understand, well, a trust fund's kind of this account sitting over there that I can't really touch. But maybe I get some benefit out of. All
2: right. So it right? has some some rules. Associated. It has a lot of
0: rules associated with it. All right. Uh, typically has a you know uh, most endowments have a, have a board of directors or a committee mm-hmm. that sits on the endowment committee that decide how money is going to be spent, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera.
2: So let's say that you decide, you know, we're in an old facility here. Mm-hmm. And we need to have an endowment set up like a building fund. Yeah. And we're going to ask people to give a little extra or maybe when grandma dies to put a little bit Mm -hmm. of that money that she's going to give to this entity over there. So it builds over time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. so that we will have money to replace windows and replace yeah. HVAC, mm-hmm. and we won't have to put so much stress mm-hmm. on the operating account. Is that basically the
0: concept? Exactly. And, and so I've, I've seen them designed a number of different ways. One in particular I've seen designed this way, uh, where every year the, the dividends or, or earnings that the endowment fund makes, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Uh, will kick out and go to the organization. Okay. And then on the fifth year they don't send anything out. And mm-hmm. why is that? It's so that the endowment can
2: grow over time. Gotcha. You know? Okay. Now, when they kick when the money comes mm-hmm. out of this account is it specified where it has to go?
0: Well, uh, so uh, or I mean, can it be? Yeah, it, it can be. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm very familiar with a number of endowments in town, mm-hmm. um, and one in particular, uh, there are uh, specified bequests. Mm. So this one's for a church that I'm familiar with, and they, they want a certain amount to go to the youth program, a certain amount to go to the children's program,
2: a certain amount to go to the choir for sheet music and that sort of thing. All right, so let's just make the math easier for mm-hmm. the people listening out there. Let's say that you did a really good job mm-hmm. in your entity, in your yep. church. And you talk this up, and mm-hmm. people say, you know, yeah, we do need to have a special account mm-hmm. set to the side for special purposes. We'll call it an endowment account. Yeah. And um, we're going to start raising money. Ask people in their lifetime and at deaths and all together. Let's say that they, over time, raised a million dollars. Okay. And it's sitting in there. And that thing uh, kicks out 4%. Okay. So it kicks out $40,000 a year. hmm you could say 5,000 could go to youth, 5,000 could go to mm-hmm. children, 5,000 could go to senior adults. Yeah, Five or ten thousand dollars could go to help retire some debt. What, you, you can do that.: Yeah. 5,000 could go to the general fund to help offset expenses. Okay? All right? Yeah.
0: Now, really really, however you want to design it. All right? Um, it's not that
2: complicated, is it?
0: Well, there are some some complications, I would say, uh, with an endowment. Number one, it has to be a charitable organization mm-hmm. designated by the IRS, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some bookkeeping that you have to do associated with them.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, the account has to be held and, separately. And
0: some organization that you have to do. You have to have regular meetings about it. But, you know, I would say that... Uh, if you've got some individuals who are willing to volunteer a little bit of their time Mm -hmm. and take care of that,
2: then absolutely. It's a great idea to do. Yeah. And you know, you would, you'd think we'd hear more about this, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You think there are some people who have no idea Mm -hmm. that this is a possibility for their entity? Well,
0: um, I'm going to say one other thing real quick. So we, we hear the word endowment. I kind of likened it to a trust fund, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Bill and Melinda Gates created a foundation,
2: Yeah.
0: right? Yeah. And they do a lot of charitable work throughout the world, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And Bill Gates has said that he he wants to basically donate all of his wealth to this foundation. Right. Or, or the majority of it, 99% of it, whatever he said. Right. Uh, still leaving with a couple of billion dollars, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, um, so a foundation, uh, an endowment fund, a trust fund, I think could all be kind of lumped together in the same type
2: Mm -hmm. of of entity. A foundation is kind of like he created his own charity. That's right. In which he could have endowments or trust funds or whatever. That's correct. And if you already have a charity, Mm -hmm. you may not have to have the foundation Mm -hmm. part. But he did because he felt like, you know, I really have some things that are important to my heart. So uh, more
0: locally, I think a lot of people are familiar with the Create Foundation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not probably speaking out of church here, so Mm -hmm. to speak, because Mm -hmm. I'm not really familiar with the the Create Foundation, but the Mm -hmm. Create Foundation does own a number of things, right? Mm -hmm. It's a large foundation. Mm -hmm. It has a number of assets in it. Mm -hmm. I think one of those assets is the Daily Journal, the Mm -hmm. Tupelo paper, Right, right? right? So it's a business that was given to the foundation, for the Mm -hmm. foundation to run, operate, manage, hire board of directors to run that business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that business is profitable. So with the profits that come in, you know, they use that for charitable
2: good. Right, right. And they have Mm -hmm. other assets, as you said, you know, uh, they could have an investment portfolio that could make up one of their endowment funds Mm -hmm. that's going to kick off money for youth in that part of the state. Whatever, Mm -hmm. It's really cool to be thinking about what you can do mm-hmm. and what is available and what's legal. Right. And what is done pretty often. Mm-hmm. So, in some communities, there are some churches and charities that have had these endowments for years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you wonder why certain. Churches or charities seem to do better than others. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not asking for money as often. Yeah. They seem to be able to create new mm-hmm. entities and and new ministries and and new functions. Uh, maybe it's because a few years ago some people were just thinking about the next generation, right? Because these things can go on for perpetuity. Yeah, almost indefinitely. Man, that's, that's the way they're cool. designed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's another uh, option for people to give mm-hmm. to. Let's say that you're not like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or Elon Musk. You don't have billions mm-hmm. to set aside, but you do have certain things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. And you really haven't found another entity, another church or another charity that is that cares about all the things you care about. Right. You can, instead of creating your own foundation, which mm-hmm. is fairly complicated and you got to do something with the IRS and get attorneys involved and all that stuff, what about a donor-advised fund? Okay. Now, how do those work and are they that that complicated for me to put money in?
0: So, again, I want you to consider or think of a donor-advised fund very similar to a, uh, a foundation, okay. right? Uh, so, it, it is its own separate Charitable organization. Okay. uh, Usually created by large brokerage firms, Mm -hmm. brokerage houses, that sort of thing. Um, And what they do is they allow you to give um, to that charitable organization, Mm -hmm. the donor advised fund, Mm -hmm. take a tax deduction that year, and then later on you get to decide, hey, you know what, I'd rather parse out a little bit of money here and a little bit of money over there. Okay. And in the meantime, you can leave these investments there alone
2: so they could grow over time oh really yeah and your part of the donor advised fund is a separate account unto you that's correct right yeah
0: so let's say for instance that you gave ten thousand dollars to a donor advised fund Mm -hmm. you needed or wanted to give money to a charitable you just hadn't picked which one yet okay right Right. and you give ten thousand dollars and that ten thousand dollars is invested Right, in, in a particular manner. Mm-hmm. And let's say that the market does pretty good and it goes up to $12,000. Well, mm-hmm. now you've got $12,000 that can go somewhere else,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's typically the way that works. And many of the people that I know, they consider the mm-hmm. amount they put in as kind of the seed money mm-hmm. to create the principal. That's right. Uh, the corpus that mm-hmm. will hopefully over time have some interest or gains off of. That's So right. they really don't intend maybe to give the $10,000 mm-hmm. away. Yep. They intend to put the $10,000 in there as the seed money yep. and the donor advised fund to over time have this $2,000
0: in your Worth of growth, and then they give the $2,000 away, and then next year they hope that it goes up again.
2: And then maybe they put a little extra money in mm-hmm. next year, and next year they've got $15,000 sure. to be the principal that could grow over mm-hmm. time. Now, these things are pretty easily accessible very easily accessible at uh just about every mm-hmm. brokerage house every financial advisor ought to be able to get you access to one that's correct um and are they expensive to run uh typically they've got uh
0: some of the lowest costs mm-hmm. uh, out there because again you know what are they they're they're for
2: charity okay all right yeah, yeah. and uh if you you put the five or the ten thousand dollars in there and it makes two thousand you got twelve and you want to give the two thousand away uh what's the process typically you write a letter or do a letter of instruction okay to
0: whoever's holding that money and they'll issue a check okay as long as it's a a legitimate vetted charity that the money's going the money's going to so it can't so be public human fund? Yeah, if I call them up and say, I need $2,000 to go to my human fund, uh, right, uh, um, they're they're probably going to say, nah, you know, I don't think about that. Uh, but yeah, if, we'll, they, if you say, well, I want it to go to uh, First Methodist Church, mm-hmm. uh, then they'll be like, okay, okay, we'll send that out. Or, you know, the Humane Society or Pineville Children's Home,
2: whatever it is. Right, right, okay. All right, so we've talked about a couple of entities you can use for your uh, giving. We've just started to scratch the surface here at the Advisors' Roundtable on this subject matter. Hang in there with us uh, through the next segment, and we'll continue to talk about ways to give on Supertalk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors' Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here talking about giving. On Super Talk Radio, so uh, you know we we've uh, knocked around a couple of pretty famous people, Bezos and Buffett mm-hmm. and Gates and Musk uh, 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 about uh, some of their ideas about giving in some of the entities and and vehicles that they've uh, they've used to give. Uh, I was looking it up this morning. You know how much money some of these people have given away? Billions <clears throat> with a B billions of dollars all right elon musk gave 5.7 billion dollars worth of his tesla stock to charity 5.7 billion uh in aggregate over time or Uh, just last year no uh earlier this year earlier
0: this year yeah so just this year he gave 5.7
2: billion billion dollars to charity yeah All right, so let's say that Elon Musk, Mm -hmm. we're picking on him for a second here. Let's say that he let it be known. I'm going to give away five plus billion Mm dollars. Do you think he would have people coming out of the woodwork trying to help him give that money? No question about it. All right, so there would be some charities mm-hmm. that want to be on the list, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There'd be some advisors, attorneys, mm-hmm. entities that want to show up, and they want to be the donor advised fund yeah. holding his money. Yeah. There are some planners that would show up and want to talk to him about charitable mm-hmm. remainder trust and charitable lead trusts and all yeah. these sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why shouldn't Daddy Warbucks, Phil Womack, our executive producer over there, who has lots of money—maybe not five point seven billion to give away—but yeah. you know, five point two. Yeah, there you go. So why why shouldn't he have all these vehicles available to him? Does he? He does. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked about charitable uh, intentions that many people have. And they probably have a number of charities Mm -hmm. that they would like to give to. Maybe there are endowment funds in Mm -hmm. those. And if not, they can encourage their charity to set them up. And if they have questions, they can talk Mm -hmm. to us about how to do that. It's easy to get in touch with us. Uh, We've talked about donor-advised funds. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that charitable lead and charitable remainder trust. What is a charitable... Trust, charitable lead trust, charitable remainder trust.
0: So uh, they are provisions in the tax code that allow for certain benefits to the donor uh, or the donor's family. Okay. All right. So a charitable, I'm going to do a charitable remainder trust first.
2: Then that means the remainder of the money in this account mm-hmm. goes to the charity. That's correct. So the, the descriptive term mm-hmm. always talks about what happens with the charity from the point of view of the IRS. That's correct. So charitable remainder. So let's say that Phil decides
0: I'm going to give $100,000 to a charitable remainder trust. Okay. And during that time frame, uh, he he you know deposits hundred thousand dollars, and um, I, w- I want to use a concept here similar to an annuity. Okay. All right. All right. So an annuity is a basically a specified set of payments over a period of time. Mm-hmm. So out of this charitable remainder trust, Phil mm-hmm. is going to receive, or somebody's going to receive, an income stream out of that during his during lifetime. his lifetime. All right. And then upon his death, whatever is left over in that account, the remainder, the remainder goes to the charity. Oh. Okay? okay? So uh, in that same vein, a charitable lead trust is kind of the opposite of that. Okay. In this case, with a charitable lead trust, Phil would put in $100,000 into this lead trust, mm-hmm. and then the income would go to the charity over a period of time. Okay, And then when he dies, the remainder of it would go back to his family or whoever he decided was the, the end beneficiary.
2: All right, so let's talk about certain people listening out mm-hmm. there and how these two uh, entities, these mm-hmm. two trusts, remainder trust and lead trust, Could answer some financial consideration in their minds and in their their Mm -hmm. lives. Who would be interested in a charitable remainder trust where they get the income or interest or annuity payments in their lifetime and the remainder goes to the charity?
0: So I would say somebody that needs a charitable deduction now. But they're also looking for a, uh, a particular amount of income to supplement their retirement income for whatever reason.
2: So you can get a stream of income mm-hmm. as long as you're breathing right? out of this thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, who's going to manage this and guarantee me that income and tell me what rate I'm going to get and, and who's going to do all that? So a, a, a lot of the income streams are, are uh, dictated
0: by the IRS and what you can send out. Right.
2: OK, based on your life expectancy, life the amount expectancy amount tables, would,
0: amounts okay. that you put in and, and that sort of thing. Okay. So, you know, that's that's going to be a, a pretty easy thing to do. OK, but uh, still inside of that, you're going to have the ability to make investment choices. Hmm. And what if you bought Apple stock, you know, 20 years ago? Okay. And it's done really, really well. Okay. Well, that could mean that your income could potentially go up because it's all based on percentages. And the amount you think is going to go to right.
2: charity later on mm-hmm. could be more than you thought it was going to be. That's right. What about it?
0: Now, now to the same tune, though, mm-hmm. if you had bought Enron twenty <laughs> years ago and left it alone, yeah, and didn't do anything, right? And didn't
2: pay any attention. So
0: you're out of money, right. and the charity's not going to get any money. Ooh. So there is investment risk associated with those. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I mean, you've got, if you're well diversified, and I think over a period of time, if you do it
2: right. And if you have no, a lot, a lot of people don't have hardly mm-hmm. any risk tolerance. They That's can right. find maybe an insurance company that'll give them like a 2 mm-hmm. or 3 or 4% uh, distribution. Right. Yep. And the insurance company takes all of the investment mm-hmm. risk, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. So charitable remainder trust is where I get the money now. Mm-hmm and the remainder goes to, to the, the charity. Yep. All right. The charitable lead trust mm-hmm. is where the lead money, the money that comes out now, goes to the charity. Mm-hmm. Who would be interested in something like that? And the money that's left mm-hmm. comes back to my heirs, right? Maybe somebody that, uh,
0: that has uh, significant wealth, Mm-hmm. And they decide, you know what, I, I kind of need a charitable deduction now. Mm-hmm. I'd like for, to benefit a charity during my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And then at the remainder of that time period, I want, uh, you know, the corpus or the the amount in that trust to go to my heirs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and many people don't want to feel like they left their family out. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. When you have a conversation with somebody, they've got one or two people they love or have some kind of affection mm-hmm. for, and they just feel like they need to leave something to right. them. But in the meantime, they may know a charity that has ongoing mm-hmm. needs for some help. Sure. And so the charitable lead trust may kind of crank your tractor there. Mm-hmm. Now, of all of these things that we've talked about, the donor advised funds and the endowment funds and giving to known charities with IRS mm-hmm. uh, restrictions. and We and, still haven't touched on highly appreciated stock. No, we haven't, t- I mean, a number of other
0: gifting strategies that could go in, in, into this, right?
2: And all these things we've talked about, yeah. you don't have to be extremely wealthy to do them. You do not, no. I want to reiterate that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be extremely wealthy to do them. If you have an inclination for helping some particular charity, there are planning tools mm-hmm. to help you and that charity. I just think that sometimes people aren't aware of all mm-hmm. of them, right? That's right. All right. So we got a couple minutes here. Let's touch on highly appreciated stock. Okay. Let's say that Phil, the daddy Warbucks over there, did 20 years ago buy him some. Stock Apple stock, okay, and it has gone up appreciably, and mm-hmm. so he's got a lot of money. I, I, we found yeah. somebody the other day who'd done this with AutoZone. Right, they bought it a long mm-hmm. time ago when it was fifty bucks a share, and now it's worth two thousand. that's Right, all right. So it's appreciated. Mm-hmm. If he sold that stock and gave it to, if he sold it personally mm-hmm. and gave it to the charity, would he have a tax? He would, so he would that's... owe the
0: capital gain on that. All right, so what? Is... But if he gives the stock. Not sell the stock and give it. If okay. he gives the stock, then he doesn't have to pay the capital gain on it. Okay. Churches and charities, mm-hmm. uh, by by their nature, do not pay uh, taxes either. Uh, so it's a way to benefit uh, to a greater degree uh, those charitable entities, uh, and uh, then uh, and you don't have to pay the 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 tax
2: on the and stock. And uh, you pointed out earlier mm-hmm. in the show that a lot of us do not like to pay taxes. That's right. They don't. And many of us do like to help charities. Mm -hmm. And so there are a number of ways that you can use as planning tools to give, Mm -hmm. including this one. If you have something in your portfolio that's been really great, go ahead and give it now in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. You get a tax deduction for what you give them, right? You do. Whatever the value of the shares Mm -hmm. on the day that you give it away. That's correct. And in the meantime, the charity gets all of that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay the tax right. on any of that. Do you have a number of people who don't write checks to charity anymore? Uh, if you reach a certain level or a certain net worth and
0: you have certain assets, mm-hmm. I tell individuals, do not ever write a check to church
2: again. Right. So you got certain uh, yeah. assets that we can give to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope we helped you as you think about your philanthropic ideas from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio.